Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Ralph Thrasher with Spotlight on Success. Um, we have a, uh, a awesome guest from the United Way of the Valley. She's actually this, not just somebody from the United Way. She happens to be the CEO and Executive Director of the United Way of the Valley and the Greater Utica area. Uh, Brenda Episcopal, are you with us? Good morning. How are you doing today? I am doing great today. Beautiful. Sorry about the short notice. Um, I guess some funny story. I was kind of browsing through my LinkedIn contacts, and uh, as I do from time to time, um, and I ran across your profile, and I read some of the some of the stuff, and I said, "Wow, this is a this is going to be a great guest for the show." Um, Brenda has numerous uh, achievements uh, under her belt, and um, for the United Way as the CEO. Um, basically increasing everything. Is, is that fair enough to say? <laughs> She's increased, increased volunteerism in the area and just generally grown the United Way significantly. And um, so we're going to ask her a few questions, kind of get in her mind a little bit. And uh, as our goal always is, is to see, you know, kind of what uh, what brought Brenda to her current experience as a CEO and female executive of a large a large company, really. If you call it that, it's obviously nonprofit, but um, it still entails all the things of the CEO of running really any company, um, and that means you just have too many hats on on any given day. Uh, this much I already know. Um, Brenda, <laughs> Absolutely. What, what about, how, yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, you would just like to take one off, and you're working today, by the way. So, what does that tell you, yeah. right? Here I am. <laughs> I was yeah. already working when you called me to come on the show. So, what do you know? Multitasking. I know, right? An essential skill. <laughs> it is. It is. And that's a very great point because that's one thing that, um, and it's kind of funny too because even, you know, people who are uh, IT, people who founded IT companies tell me the same thing and they say, thank God for Windows. And this is not a plug in any way, but thank God for, and you might say Apple invented it. I don't know. We can have that argument later, but um, <laughs> thank God for multiple <laughs> Windows, right? <laughs> a lot of RAM. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Yes, and I have two screens now, so I can really lay out all the things that I'm working on. It's really nice. <laughs> I love that multi-screen thing. You know, it wasn't too long ago you had to have a special hardware attachment to make the two screens work as one, and, and now it's built right into Windows. So, yeah, thanks, uh, Bill Gates, for that wow. anyway, I guess, right, as much as we complain about him. But <laughs> not you, me. But um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your background, um, you know, kind of how are you brought up, where did you grow up, what were your contributing factors, parents, uh, mentors, yeah, tell me sure. a little bit about that. So I grew up in a really small town in southern Oneida County in the center of upstate New York, uh, sure. a little town called Bridgewater, and my father was a fourth-generation logger, so I grew up going to the woods with my dad and uh, learning about the business. When I was very young, he had a tragic accident um, and basically scaled his company back to a one-man operation. And he worked really closely with his uh, father, my grandparents, who had a really big hand in raising me. And why I say that is because one of my, you know, in your prep questions, you're like, who's, who's your role model? How'd you get to be this CEO of this big company, you know, female CEO, kind of young for this position. And, and really, I give a lot of credit to, to my grandmother for, for that initial kickoff in life. Now, my mom was important as well, and she always worked multiple jobs to support our family while my dad ran his logging business. But 
really, uh, you know, my grandma taught me that your life is the way it is and you can make it any way you want it to be. You just have to approach things with the mindset that nothing's impossible and uh, you, you, you have to work hard and do whatever it takes to, to get whatever it is you're trying to go for. So I really learned that from her. And, you know, it didn't hurt that I learned to drive on a log skitter and I could operate a chainsaw and <laughs> cut circles around the boys, literally, um, to give me that motivation that there's no limits because I'm female or because I'm young. Um, you just, if you want to be good at something, you, you do what it takes to get good at it. So, um, you know, my parents struggled. They, they worked a lot and my dad scaling his business back. You know, we definitely didn't have it easy growing up. There was times we didn't have heat. There was times we, you know, the power would be shut off for periods of time and, and we struggled through and, you know, that's a real primary driver for me in the work that I'm doing. And I started out as a zealous advocate for children. Um, my, you know, the guidance counselor sits you down in high school and says, what kind of job do you want to have? Well, I don't know. All I know is I want to make sure that kids don't have to grow up like I did. They shouldn't have to be embarrassed about the clothes that they have to wear to school. And they shouldn't, um, you know, get beat up on the bus because, you know, they're, they look poor, you know, or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that humiliation of standing in the lunch line with your free lunch ticket is just something that stays with you and really mm-hmm. motivates me to make life better for, for kids now. Wow. That was a lot to parse right there. Thank you for that. That yeah, was also, absolutely. In a, yeah, that, I mean, in a nutshell, it's almost as though, you know, it, it's almost, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's kind of a revolving circle because you're right. And I think a lot of us, you know, especially in the small village where I grew up, um, have experienced standing in line with the <laughs> the free lunch ticket. Um, Absolutely. And, and experience that degree of, of struggle and strife. And it's almost out of the struggle and strife. You know, one of the things that... Um, one of the things that I have found in, in communicating with people like yourself is that in in the midst of what almost looks like failure, you know, you, you see, you, you, you see something coming out of the ashes. Um, that actually is in just a little plug for me, an article I recently wrote called failure way to success. And a lot, a lot of the quotes from people who were successful and I included people like, Donald Trump and Ellen DeGeneres just to give a broad array of, of like these people, Thomas Edison, these people had nothing in common. Their lives were completely different from each other. They have different political views, but the one thing they agreed on was that this isn't failure, one more step to success. And absolutely. that is absolutely, yep, that is absolutely what you just said in a nutshell, that you saw strife, you saw struggle, your parents did, your grandparents did. But everything was one more step to the next level. It wasn't something they saw as a failure or they saw as strife. They just saw it as something that we have to get through this to get to the other side. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think when people lose that, they kind of lose themselves. And, and, you know, your struggle almost seems to have prepared you for not just a successful executive, but one at a company like the United Way because they do so many good things. Um that's very good. Very interesting. Yeah. Tell us, tell, and, you know, tell us so, more about well, how, something that, like, how long did, go ahead. 
Well, so something that had occurred to me uh, last week when I was uh, working with a colleague and, and trying to explain a situation that was that, I'm, that I was struggling with, and uh, instead of laying it out detail by detail, I said, well, let's, let's look at the higher level summary of what's happening here. This challenge that's in front of me seems impossible. I'm not sure how to fix it or make it better. And I, I know what I want to happen. I just mm-hmm. don't know that I know the exact path to get there, you know? And then I stopped for a second. I said, whoa, that sounds like my whole life. I've got this. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I've heard that too suited before. for this, believe it or not. <laughs> so, you know, you, you are, I believe that you are where you need to be when you need to be there and that everything that happens, sure. uh, if you pay attention and mm-hmm. if you grab opportunities to improve yourself, then you can you can't not be successful. Exactly. Well, couldn't say that better. Yeah. How about uh, the United Way? Now, how did you get? Let's put it this way: in a simple, simple, simply put, how long did it take you to become a CEO of a company? <laughs> For those of us well, who haven't been. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I always set these ambitious decade goals for myself. And uh, when I was young, I said that by the age of 30, I would have a master's degree and I would be an executive. And, you know, in my family, I was the first in my family to go to college. So to even set my goal at having a master's degree was impressive. I I left home at 17 and put myself through college. I paid everything myself. And um, really set out to to make that happen. And by doing those two things, paying attention to my surroundings and seizing every opportunity, I, uh, through the course of college, ended up at an internship that led to a really good job in this field that I worked around my college schedule while I finished my master's degree. And when I was 29 years old, I graduated with my master's degree and then I was appointed executive director of another local nonprofit that advocated for abused children in the court system and provided mediation and conflict resolution for our entire community. So, um, you know, by setting that goal by 30, I will, um, I made it just by the, by the time I turned 30, and um, that was my first CEO position. It was a smaller company. We had about 10 staff. We had less than a million-dollar budget, you know, 300 volunteers maybe, which um, – but, I, you know, I have that do-whatever-it-takes mindset, which got noticed by certain people. And United Way was kind of having a struggle in our community – Um, not only with the economic downturn, but the previous director had been from somewhere else who came Mm -hmm. into town um, leading our United Way on a particular shift that follows what was, you know, what National was saying to do. And um, really the reputation had started to turn into, well, we think United Way is on its way out. And so I was approached actually and invited to apply. And uh, the previous executive here, Um, he left the end of August and through their hiring process, I was hired the following July. So they were almost a whole year without a leader, um, in place, um, on a reputation that was starting to decline. But Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, I did a lot of soul searching to say, geez, do I really want to take this on? This is big. Um, but I knew that there was a great need for United Way. There's never been a a stronger need for a a program like United Way um, 
than there is now. And so I said, well, I got to give it a shot. And, you know, I was just celebrating um, five years since my offer. I actually started July 5th. Um, I've been here five years. And in five years, we have just the, just, you know, here's another thing. We as leaders never take the time to sit back and reflect on the great things that have happened before we're on to the next you know, challenge mm-hmm. ahead. And so I took a moment to say, okay, five years. So what, what have we done in five years? We've increased our volunteerism by 300%. We've increased our financial impact by five times from a $2 million impact to a $10 million impact. We've wow. expanded our geography by a third. And we have shifted from our reach of touching one in five people in our community to one in four, even with an expanded geography. So that's pretty amazing to sit back and, and think about. Now, if you were to ask me to roadmap that back and say, how exactly did that happen? That would take uh-huh. me some time. Um, but we <laughs> did just uh, go through a process to, to map out the next three years and, and what are we going to do. Um, part of that is um, shifting from help, just helping people. Right now we fund 49 programs in the community that are meeting some of our community's greatest needs. And we need to keep doing that, and we will. And we need to keep being excellent at that, and we will. Hmm. At the same time, we need to step it up and, and make an impact on some of these community problems that are causing people to need so much help in our community. So we're, we're taking a big right. swipe at poverty, childhood wellness, financial stability for the working folks, and more. So we have quite a plan laid out for the next for the next two to three years. Hmm. Wow. Now, I, I know one of the questions is, tell us about your company. How many things do you sell? How many people do you have? Just to give you a yes. snapshot, we have 11 staff, and hmm. we have 2,000 volunteers, 8,000 contributors and supporters, and 167 local companies that work with us. And wow. we fund 49 nonprofit programs in the community. So it's, it's pr- a myriad of pretty complex engagement. Um, sure. That's, that's really what United Way is. It's, it's uniting the everyday person who gives. Either they give money or they give back with their time with companies that have, you know, corporate goals for what they want to do to help make our world a better place. It's really mm-hmm. connecting those people, resources, and ideas to make our community thrive. So it's a really great mission to be a part of. Yeah, it is. That's very cool. I, I remember, uh, as I recall, of course, this could be wrong, but um, I think I recall a company out in Syracuse that I worked for, and I thought it was nice because what they did was they gave you the ability to select, um, like, through the United Way, you could select, like, what areas you wanted to give in. And it was cool because you didn't feel, like, not not for nothing against other charities, and I, I like them all, but the only thing is sometimes you feel like, well, I'm giving a lot to this one thing. I like to give a little right. bit to, to more things or something like that. Does that still work like that? People can it does. People can donate. Yeah. It does. Okay. Cool. Cool. So you right out of your paycheck, you know, a dollar a week, three dollars a week, whatever. When you give sure. at that level, you don't really notice it when it comes out of your check versus having to write right. out a check for three hundred dollars or whatever exactly. it might be. And and right. you can put it in the general fund that we allocate to meet those needs in the community, or you can say, you know, I really like, I really want to help kids get ready for kindergarten. I, I want to help the, the little kids. That's where I want my money to go, and we put it in that area. Or you can say, I have a favorite charity, and here's their name, and we'll give it to them as well. You know, we're the, 
we're the vehicle, the conduit for everyday people having an easy way to make an impact in the community, however they choose, which sounds like, you know, it sounds big, but at the end of the day, it's people need an easy way to give back. We're all busy. If you want to volunteer, you can volunteer. That's great. But if you want to just give, let us take care of all the laws and the legalities and the, the busy work of making that happen. You just fill out the form. We'll take care of the rest. Really pretty yeah, cool. It is, yeah, it really is. And um, you had mentioned earlier that you had uh, uh, expanded um, by one third, I believe the number was. How, yes. How's that work? Like, like, do you have a goal to expand northward or southward, or is it just basically the whole circle got well, bigger? How's that? We, um, when I came here, we had recently merged with the Valley with the Utica. You know, the two United Ways had merged before oh, I, I see, came. Here. I see. Okay. Okay. So we. With, under my tenure, we added a signature program called 211, which is mm-hmm. an information referral oh, hotline. If you need, yeah, if you need some kind of help yeah. and you're not sure if there's a program in town that can help you, you can sure. call 211 24 hours a day. They'll link you up to the right services. And that mm-hmm. program we run for all of Oneida, Herkimer, and Madison counties. And that covers actually the jurisdiction of our United Way and two others. So nice. um, that. So right now we are technically serving three counties, which is really, really quite amazing. And even when you factor in the total population for those three counties, we've still been able to help percentage-wise more people, which is also amazing. That's great, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, I, I had actually heard about the, um, the 211 program, and I was. it's funny you mention it because I when I heard about it, I really was in, intrigued by that to find out if, you know, what, like so, United Way is the organization behind the two one one concept. Yes, in most yeah. places. So cool. we, um, it's available across the country, and ninety three percent of American citizens had access to two one one. Our three counties was three out of ten counties in New York State that didn't have it. And so when I came here, I said, Why don't we oh. have this? We need this. Right. Our office, everybody's office, every nonprofit, every elected official. Every United Way takes dozens of calls of people saying, my kid needs help and I don't know where to call. Well, why not funnel all that energy into one professional, high-quality, guaranteed results solution, and that's 211. Why wouldn't we have that here? So, you know, back to the whatever it takes, we took about two years to lay the groundwork and convince the state to authorize 211 in the sky, which is this invisible tech thing that I totally don't understand but um somehow now when you dial two one on your phone it gets to the right place thanks to those magic makers and we raised the the funding to uh, start up the program in our first year we had 3000 calls connected and this year we um launched a website 201midyork.org so now you can search right from your phone for help if you don't feel like making the phone call so um, and, and then we keep adding. So we added a specialty database for caregivers um, and people with developmental disabilities to find services that are only relevant to them. Um, and this is just a work in progress that's going to keep growing in relevance to our community. Technical difficulties. Are you there still? 
Oh, hi, I'm here. I was just messaging you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we had a little technical glitch there. Sorry about that. No problem. So, yeah, so we were talking about the 211 uh, phone number, and um, that is a project of the United Way, which is very cool. What do you foresee? Uh, what's your next uh, decade plan? So our next, well, my decade plan is different than my United Way decade plan, but um, we are really taking that shift to combating community conditions very seriously here. So um, we were recently selected to lead the governor's um, anti-poverty initiative with Assemblyman Anthony Brentizzi and the county executive of the mayor of Utica. So um, we'll be rolling that project out over the next six weeks. We'll be doing eight community focus groups moving into eight work groups where by the fall we were we will have 40 solidified tactics that we could use to reduce poverty here in our community and then we'll roll out our top three with an implementation plan by the end of the year the cool thing about this project is it brings together all of the service providers that work with people in poverty and it brings together people who are living in and working and still not making ends meet into this process. So it's a real uh-huh. focused, really? bottom-up effort to solve poverty. Yeah. And working for, not, only, uh, so. not only does it engage them, but we actually give the people who are living it get weighted votes in every stage of the process so, yeah. um, so that we know that it's not just, you know, the people and the experts in the room that, tell us what we should do to help others. It's the people involved that are really making the plan. So that's what I'm most proud of. That's great. That's the, uh, so that's a kind of a, what's coming up with the United way. And how about, uh, you still, obviously you're looking to 10 year plans for yourself too, personally. And, um, where do you go from CEO? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. You know, and and I'm the nonprofit that probably has the biggest reach in our community. Um, and I love it. So, Right now, I'm part of an executive leadership development program through United Way Worldwide, which is bringing me to some of the best leadership training in the country. Actually, we have a a multinational group. I'm one of only 16 selected from around the world, and I've already been to training at the Center for Creative Leadership, and I spent last two weeks ago at Harvard for training. Um, I'll be going to Deloitte University uh, for a week and then a week at United Way Worldwide, and in between, we have these massive leadership development projects that we're working on. And for me, it's about growing my ability to be a better leader so that we can get even bigger results. Wow. So CEO of the entire United Way countrywide, then, is what the next one is, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, don't know. I would just like to make our community like on the map because of how yeah. – awesome we have done at turning our community's issues around you know Utica's a place of growth and development right now and it's up to us in the social sector to make sure that that prosperity reaches every member of our community not just right. a select few so that's really our challenge that's a fantastic goal and I want to point out another thing too in case any of your listeners didn't catch that that what we're we're talking to Brenda Episcopal CEO executive director of United Way and with your master's degree and you're still talking about training. I mean, that's fantastic. And so it's a, even at, even at that stage of engagement and at that stage of, of your business world, if you will, um, you're still, you still understand that there's more to learn. That's a great, 
that's a great like teaching right there is that you, you never stop learning. If you ever stop learning, you stop growing and evolving and uh, so will your ventures. So that's, like I say, that's a great uh, point right there. Never stop learning more. There's always more to learn. And Absolutely. You're and clearly it's not even showing just about it. the formal. Yeah. Well, it's not even just about the formal programs. Those are great and you should do them as much as you can, but even learning from others and other peers, we have accountability groups and coaching and really, narrowing down on here's what I need to get better at doing. And if you can't see or admit where you need to, to work on, then you won't ever grow to reach those stretch goals. So, and I, I just love it. So I highly recommend it. If you had something sort of to leave the listeners with, whether it's somebody just getting out of college or I, I, I kind of glean from what you're saying that, Number one, internships are a wonderful thing, uh, whether they're paying or not. Is that does that sound accurate? One hundred percent, yes. Yeah. I can't say yeah. enough about that. And right. I, over and over, I've seen that proven to be true. Whether you love your internship or not, you're you're meeting people, you're networking, you're uh, getting experience and learning what you like and don't like, and really, that's when doors start opening. Sure, absolutely. And really what you're kind of doing, it's like the concept of, um sounds simplistic, but it's the concept of uh, the pretzel place in the mall giving out free samples, right? You're kind of letting people sample your talent and see how you work in groups. And, you know, assuming that's yes. all good, then, you know, you'll do well. So I just one last thing. I have multiple interns, and I've helped our interns get jobs at other places that I thought they were perfectly suited for. I, I could name you five just that I'm still surrounded with that – I, we got to know their skills and strengths and matched them mm-hmm. right up with openings in the community, you know. Actually, wow. one of my staff members is a former intern. We actually held the position until she graduated. She was great. Can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, I got something and ready to go. And my first job, I got hired because I was an intern. So I, you got to pay it forward, you know. Yeah, sure. And that was just to re, kind of re uh, go over the uh, – Timeline again. Your your goal was to be have your master's degree by thirty. You had it at twenty nine. Shortly thereafter, you went into an internship with another uh, uh, another nonprofit company. Um, and then from there, what kind of time frame was it? Like, did you go? So you you went from a CEO of the smaller one to CEO of the the big one, the United United Way. Yeah, and, and the uh, internship was earlier than that. It was kind of a messy path of stepping Mm -hmm. stones. It's kind of like instead of (laughs) swimming across the deep river, you have to pick the rocks and sometimes you go forward and back (laughs) and it zigzags till you get there. But, but yeah, essentially I started out as an intern and through college I worked three different jobs and uh, you know, a funny story about seizing opportunities is there was a job I wanted and they paid the site director more, but you had to have administrative experience, and I didn't have any administrative experience yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I just happened to find out that my hometown was not going to run their summer playground program for kids that summer because they had nobody to run it. And that just that I was just, I went to a town meeting, which I had never done before, just to say you can't not run the summer program. It's how kids get free lunch, and it's the right. only thing that kids in this town have to do in the summer. You can't not run it. And they said, right. fine, then you run it. We'll pay you $600 for the whole summer, and <laughs> you you, uh, 
you can hire two people. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? And then I said, okay, can I put administrator on my resume? And they said yes, and I said done. (laughs) And then I got the job I wanted for the fall. (laughs) There you go. Oh, God, have mercy. That's that's an awesome way to end this. Believe it or not, we're approaching 90 seconds left. We just got past it. And that was, in fact, a half hour. For me, it flies by. I don't know for you, the guests, if it seems like it, it was four hours by. or not. <laughs> but um, $600 in a dream. This has been Brenda Episcopal. She's the CEO, Executive Director of United Way, the Valley, and Greater Utica. And she's growing this organization uh, phenomenally. I'm so glad that you came on the show. It's been a wonderful show. I'm sure everybody's going to learn a lot from your experience and background. Um, and if if nothing else, just everybody remember, just keep learning. Uh, like Brenda said, you keep learning from colleagues. You keep learning from everybody you meet. You keep learning from internships and, and that sort of thing. And I think we've got a lot of really cool things here to kind of put into. I usually run a summary article on my LinkedIn profile of each show that I do. Um, and I have a ton of notes from Brenda. Thanks again, Brenda. Thanks to United Way <laughs> well, for all the you. good stuff they do. And you can look up Brenda Episcopo on LinkedIn. Look for me, Rob Thrasher. I just posted an article about investment properties that are recently available in upstate New York. So just go to my LinkedIn profile, Rob Thrasher. You'll see my most recent publication is about those um, those properties in upstate New York that are available as investment properties. Um, things are turning. I think we're turning the, the corner in upstate and all over upstate, I think. And uh, it's thanks to people like Brenda. And uh, everybody have a great day. Look me up. Google my name, Rob Thrasher. Google Spotlight on Success. Have a great day and a great uh, rest of your weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.